Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast. We are the Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Spurs are top of the league, and we can't wait to talk about how they got there. And to help me do that, as always, is our special team of Dave and Elio. First of all, Dave, I'll come to you. It's not often that Spurs and Leeds both win on the same weekend. It's happened technically two weekends in a row, last weekend of last season and first weekend of this season it's a good time to be on the plus day podcast isn't it it's like we've never been away isn't it i know just picking up right where we left off hell of a good start it's not too bad is it can you remember the last time spurs were top of the league no it was when we first started was it obviously a great well, moment you just quit then <laughs> <laughs> we've ruined it all then and hopefully we won't do it this time elio how are you enjoying seeing that table right now because you know Obviously, it means so much. I mean... And we deserve to be there. Even facetiously, I'm not going to dignify that. <laughs> I don't look at the table for the first 10 games. That being said, we deserve to be top of the league. I think we had a really good game, and we're going to get into it in excruciating detail. We're going to talk about it. And of course, we're going to look ahead to our next game, which a cynic might suggest won't be a 4-1 victory. But who knows? Who knows? It could be the time we turn things around to Sanford Bridge. But of course, we do have Chelsea away, which might be... A slightly tougher test so we're going to look at that as well but but first let's have a look back at that lovely Southampton game a game that I was fortunate enough to attend as it happens my first ever first game of the season and actually it was a 3 p.m kickoff on a Saturday which Elio you might be able to tell me when was the last time we had a 3 p.m Saturday opener Oh, God. Um, at home? I have no idea. Absolutely none. 2001. 2001? 2001, apparently, according to Match of the Day. Yeah, which was... I, I knew it had been a while, home. but that was surprising. But no, it was lovely to see. It's because you're such a big deal. But, I mean, we need to be on TV, right? Just got to give really? people what they want. I mean, it's going to be entertaining, exactly. if it's Spurs, whether we're on the receiving end or the dishing out end of a drubbing. People, people want to need watch their dose of Spurs, be it the, the comical side or the, uh, or the glorious <laughs> one. Uh, exactly, exactly. Well, look, there are five goals to talk about. Yes, we are going to talk about the Southampton goal as well, Dave. We're going to be very thorough because we are professionals. However, before we get into the goals, Elio, Dejan Kulusevski, discuss. So much to say about him in so few <laughs> words that would do it justice at the moment. Um you saw what I said in the group yesterday. He yeah. and you were at the game, so you witnessed this for yourself. He's mm. become that player that I often eulogize about in this podcast, the player that fans don't get off their feet when he's done something to applaud. They get off their feet before he does the thing in expectation of what he's going to do. I mean, yeah. the verve with which this guy is playing at the moment, the way he is always a step ahead of whoever his marker is, the brilliance of his delivery and the entertaining football he's putting on display. Mm. I mean, that's the big thing for me. He's not just brilliant. He's entertaining and brilliant. He's actually playing for the fans. He's getting us off yeah. our feet. And that's a proper Spurs player. That's what I was reared on. That's your Waddles, your Ginolas, your Gareth Bales. And I know I'm yeah. mentioning him in some lofty company at the moment, but he bloody well <laughs> yeah. deserves it. Well, this is the thing is that it's the trajectory, isn't it? You've got to think everyone starts somewhere. And it's not just entertainment for entertainment's sake either. It's he's actually, he's got an end product. He backs it up. It actually results in goals and assists. And it did on Saturday as well. And he got himself a goal and an assist. And it wasn't those kind of, you know, fluky rebounds. It was very much a really lovely cross for our, our first goal. But let's talk about, because obviously we went behind, let's talk about the Southampton goal quickly. Um, Elliot, we talked about this right after the game, actually. And we both agreed that, 
we weren't worried, were we? We went 1-0 down. We've seen it before so many times where it's like, oh, here we go. Same old Spurs goal mm. down. It's going to be one of those days. But there wasn't a sense of that, was there? Because we were already doing everything that we were supposed to do up until that point that it looked like the players are so well drilled that it was going to come through. I had absolutely no doubt. And you know, I'm the first to sort of throw my toys out if I feel a bit pessimistic, but I stayed sat in my seat. I expected us to continue playing the way we'd started the match. And lo and behold, we did. Didn't take too Mm. long to equalise, didn't take too long to go ahead. So no, really, really didn't feel phased at all by the goal. It was it was a very good goal, a very good piece of individual brilliance by them and didn't reflect anything that had happened mm. in the match to that point. Yeah, it was a nice finish, I guess, but um, <laughs> I guess it wasn't too bad. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, if we have to give him some credit, I mean, it was, you know, a nice acrobatic volley. But th- that's the thing, isn't it? Whenever you concede a goal, it doesn't matter. It could be goal of the season. You always look to your players, don't you? Because you, you don't want to admit that they've just done better than you and there was nothing you could have done about it. You have to point to somebody as a scapegoat. And I had to I'm look at Emerson Royale. Who, I don't want to bash Emerson Royale because, you know, I think he gets a lot of stick and he actually had a decent game and he was he technically had two assists, which we'll get on to. But I think he maybe committed a little bit prematurely to that tackle, um, didn't he? Sliding I mean, in, giving the guy time to cross. First time volley from distance into the ground, looping past one of the top three or four goalkeepers in the league. Uh, no, yeah. all credit to James Ward-Prowse. There's there's very few players that can score that goal, and yeah. he is one of them. So no, I, I'm giving him credit. Uh, Fair enough for that. I, I don't want to. We're not blaming Emerson. We'll let him off then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to be honest, I had done my research for this game by <laughs> watching. Not like you, Dave. Uh, highlights of the game, and then I just realised, literally, as we just started talking about it, that I hadn't seen Southampton's goal. So I've just watched <laughs> it, and I think I know. I think I know what you mean, like, in yeah. terms of the, getting the cross away. But I think you know he still had a lot to do, and and mm. Prowse is very good um yeah. i'm surprised now watching it that it wasn't a free kick i just assumed that it's got a free kick to <laughs> yeah be you see the score it's, everybody's excited brand new season yeah. everybody gets to go spot spurs yeah yeah spurs spurs yeah yeah nil one james ward prowse that sounds about right um <laughs> yeah. but, but no it wasn't a free kick but it was a good finish and uh and yeah well loris didn't have a chance so i can't confirm this but i suspect that might be the first goal james ward prowse has ever scored from open play <laughs> someone proved me wrong right in if if i'm not right about that one um no it's one of those isn't it with it the emerson like, thing where like a glitch in the matrix yeah exactly if it had been a one nil defeat and that was the only goal then yeah maybe you start looking at it but ultimately it didn't matter because we turned it around very quickly as elio said we were ahead in virtually no time and it was just more or less a procession after that but we played some lovely football didn't we elio and we'll get on to the goals we'll look at every goal in turn but just generally and i think the reason that i was quite confident is that there seems to be an automation about the way we play. There were a lot of times where it just seemed that the routine, the combination of passes seems so well rehearsed and it looks like what Conte is implementing is really taking shape this season, isn't it? Absolutely. And I know a lot of people think, oh, well, that doesn't sound very creative or very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's all just mechanical and painting by numbers. But... No, that's all the great artwork in history was very much created by scientific precision. Leonardo da Vinci used to literally <laughs> blot out every single mark on a piece of paper before painting over it. It was it was mathematics. His mm. art was mathematics. I mean, the way I see it is football like this, the way we are now, the way Conte's orchestrating it. This season, Mona Lisa. Gordon the Gopher last season. <laughs> So are you saying? I, I mean, that's ridiculous. You're basically saying that Antonio is the missing Renaissance artist, um, the fifth turtle, as it were. Why did I think? 
oh god, he's going to go bringing up Da Vinci, isn't he? <laughs> just because, just because you've got an Italian manager and you played yeah. really well, let's let's just roll on to the masterpieces. Mona Lisa, Gordon the Gopher. That's the difference between this season and last. Oh, we're only 10 minutes in, but that's already a strong contender for episode title. I'll put that out there from now. Uh, let's talk about the first goal. So we've already talked about Kulusevski, and I want to talk about him again. That was an absolutely beautiful cross for a man who probably had a shout in his own right for man of the match, Ryan Sessegnon, who is definitely saying, I'm not here to be second fiddle to this new Croatian. I want to be in the first team. I mean, they gave Kulusevski a little bit of space. That was a really stupid thing for them to do. And mm. the cross was just perfect. I mean... The way he cut in, the way he whipped it across, and it wasn't his only great delivery of the match either. It would have been difficult for a half-competent Premier League footballer to miss from that delivery. It was so, so good. I just mm. uh, I just think that he made Sessegnon's life very easy. And that, But credit to Sessegnon as well, because I don't think Sessegnon last season scores that goal. I think Sessegnon last yeah. season, where he lacks a bit of dynamism and where he lacks a little bit of energy, probably either doesn't reach it or reaches it but fairly limply but whatever the boy's been eating over the summer has done him a world of good because he looks <laughs> like a completely new man he's definitely gained mm. a bit of muscle and Carl Walker-Peters in challenging him for that header just bounced off him and all right Carl Walker-Peters is not the largest creature on the planet but <laughs> even so that was just raw power and aggression for Sessegnon to get to that and you could see he's, it was right in front of me as well and you could see in his celebration afterwards how much it meant to him and along with our score of our winning goal I could have not been more happy for him to do that because he's been very patient he's worked very hard he's had his setbacks and he deserved it. Yeah, they're very happy for him. I'm pretty sure that was his first Premier League goal for us, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So uh, you can see how much it that was. meant to him. Um, Dave, was. you're I think you're a fairly big fan of Sessegnon, if I'm not mistaken. And you talked about him just last week, actually. You said that this could be... Well, you, both of you actually said this could be a breakout season for him. I don't know if you watched more than a five-minute highlight reel, but how did you find his contribution? And more importantly... Do you think he has a real part to play for Spurs this season? Or do you think ultimately Perisic is the main man and he's going to play a bit part in this season? I think it's not a million miles away from what we were talking about when we were discussing it in terms of predictions. I think yeah. Sessegnon, if it is to be Perisic and Sessegnon on the left-hand mm. side, which we're running on the assumption it is going to be, then that's a great combination yeah. of somebody who knows a lot about the ins and outs of the game, the way Conte wants to play and someone who still, incredibly, because he's been around for so chuffing long, is <laughs> a relatively young, young raw talent. Yeah. Um, and there's no better person for him to learn off than someone who not only has been there and done it, but also has been there and done it with the manager that you're currently with now. Mm. So it's a win-win mm. from that perspective. So it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, this is a great start, obviously. It's a great start for Sessegnon. But it wouldn't yeah. shock me if Perisic was a bit more prominent, but maybe when he's at full fitness, he's a bit more prominent in the first half of the season. And then Sessegnon pushes through in the second half of the season to really kind of finish it off because of what he will have picked up from Perisic about yeah. the way that he's supposed to play. I mean, there's no way to know this for sure, but I can't help feeling that we might not have got a performance like that from Sessegnon had we not just gone and signed Ivan Perisic because he's got to be thinking, I need to pull something special out of the bag every time I get minutes on the pitch because there's a guy who's proven, who's ready and willing to take my place, who's fit and is going to play. And that's what we were talking about last week, isn't it? About how just having that competition makes every player better. It's not a case of improving yeah. the first 11 or the first team, whatever it might be. So yeah, it looks like that's... I think it's, uh, I think it's also potentially a perfect storm as well because it's not just it's not yeah. just about the Perisic here. 
here. It's the way that Conte wants to play. It's maybe even, you know, you can't take this out of his psyche. The fact that Fulham are back in the Premier League and he's like, all right, well, then then my own club. <laughs> I want to make yeah. sure that I'm playing now or else I'd be playing in the Premier League with Fulham. Um, mm. So so I think, you know, who knows what's going through the mind of, of a footballer who thought he'd made it three years ago when he made his big move and hasn't really played much football since. But, you know, he's got age on his side in that sense. And, and I think, um, yeah. yeah, I think he's in the best place to learn right now. So that was his first Premier League goal for Spurs. The next goal that could put us ahead was one Eric Dyer, And that was actually his first goal in the Premier League, at least, for three years, I believe. He did get a thunder bastard in pre-season, to be fair to him. But that was, yeah, his first goal in a long time. Lovely little glancing header from a ball in from Son. Be happy for Dyer, weren't you, Elio, after that? I mean, you know I'm a huge fan of Dyer, even when I've maybe at points felt he's no longer the answer in our defence or midfield as he was playing once upon a time. I still always have had so much time for Dyer, the player, because he's intelligent, he's passionate, he's a leader in our dressing room. He's got so much going for him. He's a really likeable guy and he really does care for the club. This is his ninth season with us, I think. So he's really, it is, him and Davies. So uh, I have so much time for Eric Dyer and I was so happy for that because he, he gets overlooked by England constantly these days. He still has mm. Spurs fans sort of waiting for him to make a mistake so that they can pounce on him and say, yep, told you he's rubbish. And he, he absolutely yeah. delivered with that one. Um, once again, this was right in front of me. And... At first, I thought it was Kane because obviously, yeah. from a distance as well, two sort of tall blonde guys with a, yeah. a bit of face fuzz. The way he stooped that low is a bit like Kane's goal against Arsenal last season. Like, he was basically yeah. on his knees when he headed it. So, uh, when I realized it was Dyer sort of charging towards my section of the crowd celebrating, I, I could not have been happier if it, yeah. if it had been any other player on the pitch. It was, it was a really lovely moment and thoroughly deserved for a guy who a couple of years ago looked like he might be on his way out of the club. So, yeah. Yeah. Really, I really tough. I, I also thought it was Harry Kane. I was a lot further away from you. I was at the other end. I was in the south stand, so it was right at the other mm. end. And I had no idea. To be honest, the first half, I had no idea what was happening when we were on the attack. So I've had to watch the, <laughs> the highlights since. But on closer inspection, it was a lovely glancing header. So really happy for him. But what I loved about it was the celebration afterwards. And again, this was only from highlights. But Romero, I love how Romero's way of showing his affection and, you know, giving Dyer a, a sort of pass on the back, as it were, was to go and just give him a kidney punch in the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> seen it? He runs up behind him and just gives him this little kind of almost affectionate right hook to the midriff. It's like, that's how Romero. That's how Romero hugs. You know, it's like, and then he gets a big old bear hug afterwards. I was like, I, I love, I love seeing that. God. And then did you guys Imagine see the tweet? The woman sharing her bed with Romero at night. <laughs> But did you see the tweet that Dyer put out uh, where he said, I told Tanganga, he tagged him, because I told Tanganga to put me in his fantasy team and he said he didn't have faith in me. And then a load of pictures of him celebrating his goal. <laughs> Love it when you see stuff like that. Um, there is genuine camaraderie at the club at the moment and we uh, lost a bit to of see that, that after Pochettino left, but it definitely seems to have come back. Absolutely. So the second half pretty much picks up where we left off. I mean, we've got to give Emerson credit for the goal. Lovely little flick through ball from Som. Emerson, okay, it was technically an own goal, which is uh, own goals picking up where they left off last season. Another one for our list. But Mm. Emerson now has more assists than anyone else in the Premier League. He has two assists, technically, (laughs) thanks to that. And let's talk about him, because I know I gave him a bit of uh, digging out for the goal, but he's looking pretty good. He's doing a job. You know, he might not be the long-term solution, but I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a really good game. Um... What Emerson lacks in finesse, 
he mitigates with his ability to follow instructions, which the manager clearly values very highly, and yeah. his genuine sort of power and athleticism. I mean, sometimes you just kind of want to put a more instinctive attacker's brain in his body, and you'd have a yeah. really unbelievable player because he's strong, he's pretty quick, he's a tall guy as well. He definitely plays with a lot of commitment. He works his absolute arse off every game and mm. and physically has all the tools you'd want in that position, but he doesn't always look too natural in it. I thought yesterday he looked really natural in it. It wasn't just the assist, it's the fact that he's actually linking up with other players with a bit of one-touch football. It's the fact that he's, and this is very training grounds, and I've always spoken about training grounds work as far as Conte teams are involved. It's the way that he releases the ball and then just keeps running. He keeps trying to pull someone out of position. I mean, the cross for the own goal came from the left. He yeah. found himself all the way up on the opposite side of the pitch to where he started. He, because... he won the ball as well. Yeah. In the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was his tackle that got the ball at right back and he finished at left inside forward. Total football, Dave. It's what we love to see. I mean, that was him being a box-to-box wing back, essentially. He was... Mm. It's the sort of thing you'd expect to see sort of a great midfield general like Stephen Gerrard or someone doing that. No, yeah. really, really pleased for him. And all right, bit of fortune with the fact that it was probably a very avoidable own goal from Southampton's point of view. Very welcome, because it was probably at the one point in the match where they were beginning to push at us a mm. little bit. But yeah, it, it happened purely because of him. That was his goal. Yeah. It was a shocking own goal though, wasn't it? Like I've put in my notes, <laughs> borderline match fixing. It looked almost deliberate. Well, I know all own goals. Say, I don't know if Salisu is a Spurs fan, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I remember him like doing like the most blatant foul on Kane for a penalty last season as well. Yeah, <laughs> okay. he, he, he obviously doesn't he either he doesn't like playing against you or can't wait to play against you because he knows that you're gonna get three points because he supports Spurs. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't think having Salisu in anybody's team is going to do anybody any favors this season. If that's if that's what wow. he's got, because he play, he played Emerson onside as well. Like he was, he was yeah. just not. He was just no, not. It was a shambles, wasn't defense. it? Yeah. No, I can't imagine many people will have him in their fantasy team generally, to be honest. But um, no, I, w- I wouldn't go as far. I wouldn't dare suggest <laughs> that anything captain. like that was was deliberate. That that wouldn't surprise me, Dave. What was deliberate though was Emerson's attempt at a bicycle kick. Did anyone catch that? That was particularly that hilarious. That was wonderful. He it is was one of those moments footballer. where he just tries to remind everyone that he is a Brazilian fullback. But in a serious note, I mean, you mentioned the fact that he's quite a big, tall lad. One thing that we've not talked about that I noticed, someone actually posted a graphic that was really interesting, and I wish I had the list, but it was basically a list of our entire squad before and after the window from tallest to shortest and all the outs highlighted and all the ins highlighted. And in a very clear way, we've made our squad a lot taller, which I find hard to believe is a coincidence is that something that you'd notice with our signings or something that you think is a deliberate yeah. ploy from Conte? Because he seems to like big, strong, physical players, right? I have noticed. And it's weird because we play all our football on the ground. It's all sort of quick, yeah. one-touch football when we break forward. We're not hoofing balls up or anything like that. But I think Conte is very well aware that in this league, unless you're Manchester City with unbelievable technicians, you mm. need to be able to compete week in week out on the physical side and you don't do that with Manchester City sized players unless you have Manchester City sized ability in those players so uh, so I think there is a deliberacy about that and and, I mean even Sessegnon he you don't think of him as a large player but I think he's a comfortable six foot six one player for uh, a fullback I I think he's a big guy and and I think especially in a system that relies on two midfielders being able to run a midfield Mm. He likes them to both be 
physical beasts. He doesn't want either of them to be diminutive and potentially pushed around. And that was something that's true of Pochettino as well. Pochettino, his midfield was Dembele and Dyer, then Dembele and Wanyama. And before that, actually, Bentaleb and Mason. Okay, Mason was a bit smaller, but he's very tigerish. So, mm. so I, I genuinely think that the mindset is if you're only going to play with two midfielders instead of three, then you want them to be able to weigh as much as the opposition's three midfielders <laughs> in one go. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's a wild theory. So at 3-1, we'd actually had... We basically had three defenders scoring, which was nice to see because there's all this talk about our devastating front three. And then we get a goal from Dyer, from Sessegnon, and then effectively from Emerson. But Kudusevsky did his bit for the front three in the end, didn't he? After an amazing game, he, he scored a lovely classy finish. I know we talked about him already, but I don't know about you. I'm not done talking about him. I'm very excited to see what the rest of the season holds for him. It got me thinking, he's only 22, right? And... I was thinking genuinely, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Elio. Like, how many 22 year olds in world football would you genuinely swap him for? Now, Erling Haaland is 22. There's one, maybe. <laughs> you know? But really, are there, are there that many? Vinicius Jr., I think, is his age. We can't include Mbappe in this because I think he's older. How many 22 year olds are there that are performing on this level right now in world football that you can think of? Well, let's go 22 and under. And I just checked yeah. Mbappe's 23, so he wouldn't count. This is the sort of thing that bites you in the ass when you say yeah. it. But he could go full Delhi. Yeah, he could go full Delhi. I mean, at 22, Delhi was on the decline when at 19 years old, <laughs> he looked like the yeah. next Rivaldo. So mm. I don't want to go overboard, but would I trade him for Phil Foden? No. Would I trade him mm. for Saka? Absolutely not. I mean, no. I'm trying to talk about players who play in a similar kind of position. Yeah, of course, and yeah. I think he's going to be top, top class. I think in yeah. a decade's time when they're in their 30s and people are talking about great players from that region of the world in this era, they're not going to be saying Haaland was the best around and Kulusevski was a comfortable second. I think they'll be talked about in the same vein. Big call. This boy's going right to the very top, to quote a great man. Hey, Dave? This is where you step in. That's absolute bollocks. <laughs> I was about to say, this is where you put us in our place. This is what you're here for, Dave. I was with you until the last sentence. No, <laughs> I, I think he's great. I think he's, he's a really good player. And 22, he's got bags of potential. Mm. I mean, he's still technically not your player. Uh, Easy now. Romero. So let's all, let's all calm down. No, Romero is Romero not. is actually. It was only a, a one-year sure? loan. I thought it was mm. a two-year loan. Is a one-year loan with um, no. obligation at the end of it. Oh, interesting. interesting. I like how Dave's saying this while wearing the Juventus top as well. So that's fifty. Yeah, that's fifty-five million of your hundred fifty million war chest. Then, <laughs> I guess. Um, doesn't work that way, Dave. Of course it doesn't. But you know he's great. I think he's going to be a really important player for you this season, as we predicted. He's not as good as Haaland, and he won't be talked about in the same way as Haaland is. They're different Haaland's positions. Get goals this season. Maybe that's <laughs> well. He's on course. He's got two in his exactly. first game, so no, he's, not, he's not far well, off. No. He's, he, he's yeah, a three in a, a pathetic seventy-six. He's on course for a pathetic seventy-six. Yeah, but he's got Bournemouth next week, so that's five. Although yeah. they're off to a Tell good start. To they are off to a good start. Exactly, Scott Parker <laughs> doing the job. But no, seriously, I, I think it's more to talk about Kulusevski because it's right. easy to get carried away over a couple of good games. But it's more than a couple of good games now. He's picked up exactly where he left off. If you actually look at his numbers last yeah, season, exactly. Look at last season. He was on par with everyone, and, and match today showed his output, his combined, his goal involvements for the second half of the season was up there with. In fact, I think just Son and Kane were above him. 
and not by much. And that's it, it you know, is, coming from a new league. It's frightening how seamlessly he has yeah. adapted to this league. It, it really is, but good for us, <laughs> clearly. Mm. My prediction is that, and I said this to Sox on the drive home yesterday, because of his size and because of his brain, I think he's going to veer into the middle eventually. I actually mm. think he is going to be the Harry Kane replacement when Harry Kane eventually leaves. I'd see him go in that direction. He has absolutely everything to do with that. I mean, you always say, don't you, that football is mainly played in the brain and arguably his best asset is his football intelligence. He just seems to have so much time every time he gets the ball. He nearly always, okay, you you can't say always, but he nearly always makes the right decision, which is so rare with any player, let alone a young Mm. player. You know, you see so many players at that age on the wing that are just quick and they've got skill and they've got technique Absolutely. and whatever, but that only gets you half the way there. So he'll yeah. have a knock at some point. Uh, he'll get an injury, which will take a while to come back from, or he'll he'll go on a bad run of form because he is a young player, and mm. it, then that's the test to see how he bounces back from it. From everything I see about him, about his determination, about his humbleness, I think real superstar, real superstar. Probably a couple of other players we're talking about. It's always easy to just go through the entire team player by player when we've had a good result like this. But I think it's only fair to mention a few players. One in particular that wasn't involved directly in the goals was Ben Tanker, who Mm. I think had a really, really good game, as did everybody. But I think he's worth talking about. So no one encapsulates my Mona Lisa Gordon the Gopher analogy (laughs) better than Ben Tanker. Because he is the one that whatever play you put next to him seems to look better. Look at Hoybier next to him, how mm. much better Hoybier has become. And I'm sure Hoybier brings the best out of him as well. They complement one another. Um, I imagine Basuma will love playing with him. I imagine Skip will love playing with him if he's ever fits. He absolutely ran the show yesterday. I mean, the way he uses one-touch football to get us out of our own box in a pressurised situation is an absolute thing of yeah. beauty. And... Without being a fancy Hollywood passer type, without doing sort of 55, 60 yard raking balls, without doing the kind of Javi through ball straight into a slide rule situation, he's still an incredible passer because he always does the right pass to progress play forward. And even though he's a completely different kind of player, he's a more aggressive player and probably a less elegant player. He does for us what Modric used to do for yeah, us in that he, he takes the ball from our third and gets it into the opposition third by making everything yeah. around him happen. And when he doesn't have the ball, if you actually watch him, he's telling other players what to do with the ball. It's, mm. it's as if Conte's bugged him and is controlling him on the pitch. Like he, he's do, yeah. He's the... The he's not the captain, obviously, but yeah, he's the conduit. He's the conduit yeah. To, yeah. to Conte's dynamo. I really like the point you made on Twitter, actually, Elio, about how Benzakur is the classic example of a player that you won't appreciate if you just watch Match of the Day. You need to watch him live for the whole 90 minutes to see what he does. And I'm Absolutely. curious, Dave, because you watch the highlights. Did, did you notice Benson Kerr or am I, no. am I contradicting myself? <laughs> because that's the thing, isn't it? We said it before, you know, I can't, he's not a classic holding midfielder as such, but a centre midfielder, sometimes they're doing their job right when you don't notice them in the yeah. highlights because they're just doing the basics really well and making the rest of the team look good. Oh. Could just Dave and I were talking about one of the best of that before the podcast in Gary Speed. All right. He was a player that yeah. ran things for Leeds, for Newcastle, for even Bolton mm. towards the end of his career. And he was never a dazzler, was he? But he was 
supremely well, he intelligent. Does, he dazzled for Leeds because we played yeah. him on the left wing when he was younger. Oh, yeah. But but certainly yeah. when he went on to Everton and Bolton and, and Newcastle, he was he was definitely mm. that engine in the middle. I think interestingly, exactly the same situation at Leeds now because I've rewatched the highlights of the Leeds game more than I've watched the highlights of the Spurs game. I have to admit. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and we've got a new signing in Azar number six, a chap called Mark Rocker from Bayern Munich, mm. and um, barely visible in the highlights. Yeah. Um, but based on a lot of the things that I've heard from the ground, he was one of the best players, if not the best player in the team. Yeah. One of the most encouraging things and surprising things about this whole performance is that we're a good half an hour in and we have yet to directly mention Harry Kane or Son Hyun Min, which is bizarre. And it's not to say they had bad games. It's just that they weren't the stars of the show and we had other people stepping up. And how important is that, Elio, to say that we can win a game comfortably, 4-1, score goals, without either of them really being that instrumental. It's great. I mean, all right, Son put in the cross for the winner, but he also had a lot of sort of off-touches. He fluffed chances that you'd expect him to score on a couple of occasions. Harry Kane only had the one real chance off the back of probably our best move of the match, and it was well saved. Other than that, there's a few nice flicks. But that's the thing. It wasn't even a case of them not being on the end of things. They weren't even particularly instrumental in our build-up throughout the match. They were parts of the machine. He has made... Conte has got our two world-class players or our two most celebrated world-class players playing Mm. as parts of a machine. And I think as much as, yeah, it's nice we've got lots of good players and we don't rely on those two, that's testament to the manager as much as anything else because he's got the players buying into him and doing what he wants them to do. So, I mean, I was always a Conte convert anyway. I don't think I've ever, I've, I've ever sort of doubted him since he he, yeah. he joined. But um, he's enough to do a lot to lose you at this point, anyway. Yeah, he is playing me like a fiddle. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's not to say that either of them have a bad game. And in fact, I think on watching the highlights, I think Kane, everything he did was really good. It's just that he didn't do that much, and he was playing mm. in that classic deeper role that he likes to occasionally do. But yeah, I can't help feeling that there's something to do with egos there. And I think, you know, a lesser manager perhaps might not be able to get on top of the superstars and instruct them and actually convince them to play in a way that brings the whole team into play. You know, you look at, let's say, Man United and Ronaldo, the old conundrum saying that he makes them a worse team, even though he's a talented player. And we've seen it with so many other clubs. There's a danger, or perhaps there was a danger, that we could have fallen into that with Kane and or Son being the main stars and maybe you need a certain manager with that kind of character to create a brand of football and to strike that sort of level of trust in the team to execute it. I think watching the way we played yesterday it just rams home that Conte has got a squad not first team and he's got a system to which the players have to adhere. I think if we'd had Richarlison in the side instead of Kane yesterday, it would have been exactly the same performance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you did. I think you did slip into that, to be honest. I think you did yeah. slip into it a couple of years ago when you signed Mourinho. And I think that yeah. was why Kane had such an incredible season because there was that focal point. It wouldn't have shocked me if you did an Alan Ball with uh, with Matt Letizia and said, right, all you guys, you guys are water carriers. <laughs> Just get the ball to this guy. Yeah. And or back at PSG and basically yeah, make him go into a football. Wouldn't shock me at all if, if yeah. Jose Mourinho had said that. And it works until it doesn't work. And it only gets you so far. Whereas what Conte is bringing, the side side before self, some, some yeah. amazing Yorkshireman might say, that mantra 
will get you further than just relying yeah. on one man. He's bigger than anyone at the club himself, isn't he? Arguably, that's the thing. So I guess he commands that level of respect. Um, should we talk about Chelsea then? Because we're in a bit of a weird situation. I was thinking about this earlier and obviously Chelsea away is next game, a, tr- a fixture that we've not traditionally done particularly well in. But we're in a bit of a dangerous spot where... If we lose next week, everyone's going to be doom and gloom and say, oh, it was all for nothing. We're rubbish. We're going to have a rubbish season. But if we win, if we actually get a result against Chelsea, we have to accept that people are going to start talking about us as title contenders. Rightly or wrongly, it's going to be the conversation and it's going to be a very different scenario. It's going to get in the players' heads. How do you think that game's going to go, Dave? Because you've seen Chelsea's highlights. You've seen they've made a few interesting signings. They're kind of a new look team, but they've started with a win. What do you think Spurs have in store? Yeah, I mean, being Everton, you still haven't got a manager. Incredible. Yeah. There's nothing to that. That's that's a walk in the park. And, mm. and also, I'm still not 100% sure. I'm think, I can't remember if I said this last week. I'm not sure who Chelsea are and what Chelsea is at the moment. And you know what? I'm not 100% sure that Thomas Tuchel knows what Chelsea is at the moment either, yeah. which is potentially an opportunity for you guys to do something, but potentially very dangerous because you might join overconfident mm. and ultimately they've still got, you know, world-class players in every position. So, yeah, I mean, they might have a few issues in terms of injury. I think yeah. Koulibaly came off in the game against Everton. Thiago Silva was down injured a couple of times. Mm. They're neither spring chickens and both extremely important to actually do what they want to do. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see if they're both available next weekend. And also, I mean, I don't know who's going to play up front because quite frankly, by the, by the time that game comes around, they could have sold three and signed another two strikers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I heard yesterday, I think it was on Fighting Talk, and somebody said, what's your biggest hot take of the season? He said, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to win the Golden Boot. And they went, ooh. And I said, I'm For Chelsea. For Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, well, that kind of makes sense. Is he going to be vastly different to someone like Lukaku? I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird because they, no, they're always be trying exactly to do what Man City did for the last few seasons and not really have an obvious striker and just have that fluid attack, I guess. But, you know, they only got the one goal, so it's hard to see. But we maybe need I to mean, give them time to gel. Manchester City have done that with David Silva and Gundogan and Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne and yeah. Jack Grealish and so many others who've come in and out. Chelsea have nothing like that. Chelsea have one of them. They have Sterling, who they took from City, so yeah. uh, who is a very, very good player. But Chelsea need a centre-forward. I don't like playing Chelsea. I don't like playing them at home. I don't like playing them away. I don't like playing them when they're on their knees in a wounded animal and I don't like playing mm. them when they're cocksure because we've just got a thing about Chelsea however if you do want to play Chelsea it is at this point mm. when like Dave says they don't overly have an identity where they're meshing new players together where they're feeling the losses of players that have been really really key for them don't really have an obvious outlet for goals either unless they win penalties every game so which is Chelsea so they might um so I think I'm glad we're playing them next week I think yeah. we'll get something from the game. My gut tells me that we'll be relatively happy next Sunday evening. Yeah. I also won't be surprised if we come away empty-handed because it's Chelsea and it's what happens. In the what same happened way to five that... wins out of five last week, Elio? Where's that spirit gone? <laughs> that was the pre-season podcast. Now we're in the meat of things and I'm reverting to time. Yeah, okay, fair enough. 
And I drunk a lot that night. His hope index is falling swiftly. <laughs> oh, no, no. Let's, let's stay well away from the hope ratings this week, okay? I don't want to do that to Elio again. Um, I thought Chelsea, I think some players looked like they had really good games. So Koulibaly was impressive and obviously Sterling looks sharp. But they didn't look particularly dominant over a terrible, depleted Everton team. I mean, that's got to tell you something. They didn't. And we could say Koulibaly looked good. Koulibaly was also playing against an absolutely god-awful yeah. attack. Um, they, yeah, Everton a 12-year-old striker that's not a striker. And Deli Exactly. Yeah, so everything they do goes through Gordon, who is a lovely, lovely player, and he's going to be a really yeah. good player. Leeds and I, uh, Leeds, Dave and I, uh, sorry, Dave and I said in sync <laughs> that we'd both, Leeds Dave is both fine. like our clubs to... Yeah, that's his full name. First name, Leeds, surname, Dave. Uh, we both said in sync that we'd welcome Gauls and our clubs respectively before we went live. But they weren't playing against Kulusevsky, Son and Kane. They were not. They were not. Dave, how do you see that game going? If you had to make a call now, I know you're not going to try and be nice to us because I know that's not your style. If you had to make yeah, a prediction Chelsea on Chelsea are his third most hated side. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Chelsea are everyone's most hated. In fact, that reminds me. This made me laugh. I saw a tweet. Thomas Tuchel came out talking about I think Azpilicueta, and he said he embodies everything that Chelsea stands for. And someone just commented, "That's a very unkind thing to say about someone." <laughs> I saw that. I like that. I that. Trying to push him out the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's really uncalled for. Really mean. Um, yeah, so no love for Chelsea. Not not a huge amount of love for Spurs either, Dave. Uh, you're as neutral as it gets, more or less. How do you see it going? Um, I think I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm going to, I think mm. I think this will be a, probably a score draw, maybe even a nil-nil. But I don't think there's anything to be truly scared of to go into Stamford Bridge at the moment. And mm. I do think that you've got plenty in your arsenal that could really hurt them. Apologies for the mm. swear word. Yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah, I think mad to say, but I, I think there'll be some murmurs if Chelsea don't put in a performance in their first home game this season. So I, f- I feel like you'll get probably a, a decent performance from them. But at the same time, I think, quite frankly, right now, you guys are the better team. So I think you'll probably come away with something. Mm. Is there anyone that's played so far? I know it's one game, there's only so much you can take, but we've seen everyone once now, or at least highlights of it. Is there anyone that you think is setting a marker that you think has been really particularly impressive? Obviously, Haaland has hit the ground running at Man City. He scored a couple of goals. Shaky start from Liverpool. But now that we've seen everyone once, do you put us up there? Do you think that we need to be talking about a title challenge or is it too early to start talking about In terms of the title challenge, I feel like that game that just happened, West Ham against City, is the kind of game that would have been 0-0 or maybe just maybe 1-0 to West Ham or maybe they'd have scraped it, that City have scraped it. But that's the the difference that Haaland gives them now. They could be pretty rubbish and they can win 2-0 yeah. thanks to him so I said City at the start and I still say City I think Liverpool's blip is less Liverpool's blip and more impressive is the fact that Mitrovic scored two goals uh, and actually did look good yeah. um, mm. so that, yeah, no that, that now be. makes me rethink what, mobile. what might happen in terms of the bottom in terms of Fulham because I just assumed that they'd get 17 points um, <laughs> same for Bournemouth yeah, um, but then again, yeah. Bournemouth's win might actually say less about Bournemouth and more about Villa, uh, who I did not have anywhere near yeah. the bottom of the table. Well, that was one of your hot takes, Dave, wasn't it? That two of the promoted well, clubs might stay you, up. And there it, you go. Two of them off to a very there good start. There you go. You're welcome. Um, and, you might know and, something. And the other one that I, start, I said was Southampton were dire and they've put too much faith in kids and they got absolutely humped yeah. by you guys. And they get to play us next. So let's hope two losses on the bounce. <laughs> yeah. 
so Elio, look, I'm kind of tongue in cheek on this, but I feel like it is a conversation that people are having. So we need to get involved in it. I know you're not calling us to win the league this year. I know your prediction was third, which I think a lot of people would actually agree with. I think if you asked most pundits or football fans, I think third is where a lot of people are predicting we'll finish. But if we don't win the league, what's going to stop us? What's the difference between us and let's say Man City and Liverpool, who are everyone's favourite too? What have they got over us? Because it's not a centre forward. Um, we have that. Is it depth? Because we've addressed that issue. We've addressed that issue, but our depth is mainly top class and a few very good first team players, and then mainly very good and a few potential to good players in, I guess, the next level. I know we're trying to talk in terms of squad, in terms of Spurs now instead of just first XI and second XI, but I think we've probably got our obvious top, top class players, Kane, Son, Loris, potentially Romero and Kulusevski and Bentancur as well. And then anyone else that's starting for us at any point is at least a good, if not very good player. But Mm. we're also likely to be seeing a lot of minutes being given to players that can do a job, but wouldn't get anywhere near Manchester City or Liverpool. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to these guys. They did well last season. Mm. I'm sure they'll do well this season. But like Davinson Sanchez, like Matt Doherty, um, like at this stage in time, much as I love him and think he's going to be top class one day, skip if he can ever get a run of games together. Mm. Um, So that Lucas Moura, he's definitely going to get significant time for us as well. So ultimately, you look at Manchester City and you've got two minimum eight out of ten players for every position except for left back where they play a right back yeah so I mean, we have depth it's uh, just that their second team is as good as a lot of first teams whereas ours is just good enough i suppose isn't it exactly they've got calvin their phillips second where team... we've got skip they've well, got yeah, Mahrez, where we've yeah, got Mora. i don't know if you saw the, the the subs that they made like he didn't make any subs until the 78th yeah. minute today and it's then he brought flex, on Bernardo, isn't it? And, and alvarez and then and then with a minute to go he brought on Mahrez and calvin phillips yeah it just was, it was pretty much it was pretty much a flex yeah <laughs> yeah Look, look what hey. I've got. Yeah. I mean, listen, our bench is good. If you also take into account the fact that mm. there's no Skip or Richarlison on there yesterday, we're still boasting sort of Perisic, Lucas Mora, Basuma, Longley, yeah. all coming off the bench. We've got Jed Spence, who's such a good prospect. We've got Sanchez and Doherty, who are such experienced Premier League proven players. So we've got a good bench. But yeah. we're not bringing on 60 million attackers for 80 million attackers. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Liverpool, I think we're going to be quite close to them. I think mm. Darwin Nunez is going to be very good for them, playing very differently to Firmino, obviously. But I think he'll be very good. But let's not underestimate the impact of losing Sadio Mane, who is an exceptional player. And I look at their midfield and I look at sort of Cater, who is all right, but often injured. I look at sort of Milner, who has been a great player, but is definitely slowing down at, Mm. at this point in his career. Henderson, who has always been a decent player who gets by on the personality he brings to the match more than he does on his own ability. Mm. Thiago got hurt yesterday. He is their only genuine sort of Mm. creative outlet. So I look at them and I'm a little bit less convinced that they'll fly away with things. I think we could see a big gap between number one and number two this season. And listen, I think third for us, maybe fourth even is more realistic, but 
I think that that second is even there for the taking this season because they've gone through a bit of change. It's interesting you brought that up because I was looking at their bench for the Fulham game the other day and Gomez, Milner, Adrian, Harvey Elliott, Nunez, fine, he came on and scored, and Carvalho. The rest of their bench, I don't even know. Vandenberg, Batchetic, Chambers. I mean, yeah, kids, I assume. So yeah, it's a big jump down. So maybe that, that could be the difference. But yeah, look, I don't want to get too much into it because I know it's setting myself up to look very, very silly if you know, we lose to Chelsea next week and end up finishing sixth and we're talking about a title challenge. But you have to at least entertain these conversations, don't you? I know we don't like to jinx things, but it's just interesting to try and predict it and just think other people are talking about us in these terms. Well, yeah, quite. So, and jokes yeah. about hope indexes aside, if you don't actually <laughs> hope for the very biggest prize, then why are you even showing up? Exactly. Obviously, you you want to be optimistic about the very loftiest things in football, but you also have to be a bit patient sometimes. I think we'll win something. Don't think it'll be the league. Well, a long way to go, and I'm sure our expectations will zigzag wildly between now and the end of the season, depending on what happens over the next few games. But I'm here for it, and we've seen it all before, so let's see how it all goes. Before we move on, anything generally to add about the game, about the next match at all? Did you all enjoy 10 minutes of substitutions at the end of that match that's going to be uh, (laughs) plaguing us for the rest of the season now in most Premier League games? It's going to be a fun one, isn't it? It felt a bit pre-season friendly-ish almost. I mm. think I think managers are going to play around with that and probably get into their respective rhythms. I think we'll see managers yeah. implement a bit of trial and error before they figure out quite what their favourite sequences are. Yeah. But football needs to have a way to protect players at the moment because God yeah. knows UEFA and FIFA don't care about doing that with the amount of matches they cram in. So at least this allows players to be run a little less ragged unless they're called Harry Kane and Human Son who will play every, every, single every game. game in every competition. Exactly, and so they should. Well, let's move on then, shall we? Let's move on. Well, look, before we get into Challenge Elio, and we are going to do Challenge Elio this week, and Elio assures me that he's prepared it. And if you've missed the last couple of episodes, you would not have heard that Elio is taking the reins for Challenge Elio for the rest of this season. So last season, it was me asking the guys questions. This season, he has decided that he's bored of winning it every week. So instead, he's going to try and make us look silly by asking us some questions about Spurs and football. So we had that to come. But before that, just a quick reminder to please follow us on Twitter at Plus Dave Podcast. You can follow us as well. You can follow me at Plus Dave Dags. You can follow Elio at Elio underscore P underscore THFC. And you can follow Dave at Fantasy Dave. So, uh, so yeah, do that. Let us know your thoughts on Spurs and the game so far and the season to come. And of course, your predictions for next week and your predictions for the rest of the season and how you think that's all going to go. But yeah, anything you'd like to ask us, we would love to hear from all of you. Guys, I suppose it's time to hand over to Elio. Elio, you're looking forward to hosting Challenge Elio again? I am. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be the same in some ways as well, but I hope that we can provide some good value and I'm interested to see who runs away with it this year because I have a lot of faith in the man <laughs> from Leeds. So so, so let's see like who... This is a bit of a no-win scenario for me because... I should I should be expected to know more than someone who doesn't support my team. Yes, yes, you should. So well, I'll either just get humiliated or be a flat track bully. You know, well, this is like playing Morricone in the cup. Sorry, I've that was a cheap to, shot. I really I've shouldn't take things with him before the quiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the questions will just get worse each week if you do. <laughs> uh, I'll start just asking questions about leads if you keep that up. Um, uh, right, I think I, over I, to you, I, then. I took I took on board the fact that we've got no Joe this week, and mm-hmm. I've tried to make Spurs centric general questions to the best of my abilities. So, 
Only three this week, finishing off with a Who Am I? Let's start off with something to do with the match we just had. So Mm. we've just played Southampton. We've just won 4-1. Our opening goal was scored by Ryan Sessegnon. Ryan Sessegnon, back in his debut Premier League season while at Fulham, became the first player born this century to score a goal in the Premier League. This weekend, there were no fewer than six goal scorers born this century in the Premier League. One of them was Ryan Sessegnon. Who were the other five? Um, Great question. I'm going to go back and forth between you on this one, and you can steal a question from each other as well, should you wish. So, Dave, why don't you go first? Before he answers, is this penalty shootout? If we're wrong, are we out, or do we keep going? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm going to go until it gets silly, basically, and then I'll just start giving hints out. Hmm. Okay. All right, I'll go first, shall I? Go on, then. Hopefully the obvious one, um, Erling Haaland. Yeah, Erling Haaland is one of the answers. Okay. I think he's just about scraping in. I'm going to go with um, Martinelli. Yep. Well done. Good answer. Wasn't sure anyone would get that one. Not, not a good answer for who he plays for. No, it's a right? horrible answer. Am I right? Not yeah. quite. Well done, Dave. <sighs> yeah, you're getting it you now. Know, I'll have to keep it up for you guys. I'm just I'm just yeah, killing yeah. time because I don't have another answer. Please please keep going because I don't have one either. Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Um, um, oh, I think I've actually got one. I've actually paid attention because I've got my FPL team, so I've been looking up the goal scorers as well. Oh, I see. This is this is where you and I differ. <laughs> I paying attention in the first week. Yeah, I've got one by the way. I'm pretty sure like, it's it's a matter of months. I mean, I know he was born this century. And I think he scored. <laughs> but the dubious goals panel didn't necessarily agree with me. Ooh. Uh, Brendan Aronson? Unfortunately, I'm going by... Um, it was an own goal. I'm going by the confirmed statistics. Yeah, I thought that was going to be your first guess, and then I remembered that it was an own goal. Um, unless I'm mistaken, Dejan Kulusevski. Yep, he was born this yeah. century. I'm Very annoyed good. it took me that long to think of him. Very good. All right, so that's three out of five, right? Yep. Hmm... Two other players born this century have put the ball into the back of the net this weekend. This is one of those annoying ones that I've we can one. definitely do it. Go What's on. his name? He sounds like a monument. <laughs> Dewsbury Hall. Oh, great shout. Unfortunately not. Oh, I did no check out Dewsbury Hall. I did, I I did check out. <laughs> Wait, is he older than... Is he inexplicably old? Keenan Dewsbury Hall was born in 1998. Oh, man. No way. An old geezer. Yeah. He's an old man. I well, thought he was about 19. I genuinely thought he was a teenager. Okay, good oh, shout. Man. I'm glad you said that because that would have probably popped into my head. <sighs> man, I thought I had it then. I definitely don't have it now. This is going to be a slow segment now. I you want a clue? No, this is annoying because you know there are some questions where you just think this is going nowhere. I, I know that eventually we'll get it, but I don't know if we can think outside up with the eventually. box ever so slightly. Outside the box. And I'm going to give you a bit of a, a timer on this. I'm going to... No, no, no. I don't mean like that. I know. But uh, I'm <laughs> well, speaking metaphorically, joke, not literally. But what I'm going to do is my clock currently says 9.50. If we get to 9.53 and you've not guessed one, I'm going to throw some clues out. Um, could it be... If you're thinking outside the box, could it be an own goal? Well done. <laughs> is it, Who was the it? guy? It's your go, isn't it? It's Dag? Stags' it's go. So, well, our, our, I think our there were, there were a few on goals this, this there week. There were. I'm, I'm, there's no way. I mean, 
we talked about him earlier for our goal. There's no way he's that age, is he? I feel like he's been around longer than that. So, ooh. Okay, I think, I, I think I've got one then. Go on. Oh, hang on. Hang on. What about um, Darwin Nunez? Nope. No, he's about 25, no. isn't he? Is he? Oh, okay. That's my guess then. Crystal Palace centre-back, Mark Gray. Did he score? Excellent. Oh, an own yep. goal. He scores an own goal. Scored an own goal. Yeah. That's a great answer, Dave. Well done. So that means we're two each, are we? You're two for two. It's so all down to this last one. Now, to make it completely this fair. This is what a challenge Elio is really about. I'm just going to let you shout out names at this point. I don't know I mean, who score. You can let us. <laughs> I can shout out names. They just won't be the right answer. <laughs> Dave? Yeah. One of your answers today was very close. Why was I not paying attention to Dave's answers? Hmm. I'm talking the width of a foot away. All oh, right. So it was the guy that scored the own goal for Leeds. One of you needs to remember who scored the own goal in Leeds. I don't even favor. remember who you were playing. Cheers, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I... Was it. Um... I've never I heard Nuri. of him until I. Yeah. Was it Ike Nuri? Well done. Yes. Ike Nuri. How has he pulled out? <laughs> <laughs> I only remember that because I nearly put him in my FPL team because he was cheap and Wolves looked course, like they had good pictures. Yeah, right. I nearly put everyone in my FPL is team. Is FPL going to be my downfall in this challenge earlier this season? Yeah. It's the only reason well, I pay attention to football outside of Spurs. you know anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> so, uh, three, two, um, three, two dags. Well done. Good game, Dave. Good game. Good question. So, it's so, a marathon, not a sprint, though. We've got two more rounds. And I know the got last two round more is rounds. where you excel. So, yep. That was Sessignon, Haaland. I wonder if I should give Dave two points because Haaland technically scored two goals, but I won't. Uh, I don't like draws. So, um, yep, well done, both of you. I thought that was quite a good round. Um, I can see a season of corruption is going to be repaid in full now. Already. <laughs> well, at least I'm going to get my facts right when I ask questions. Uh, <laughs> you, you might regret saying that, Elio. No, no one's going to be screwed, sort of Vince McMahon style. Um, so... Okay. 2018. I asked uh, something relevant to the game we've just had. Now something relevant to the game we're about to have. 2018, long time ago now, was our last league win against Chelsea. So I've got a number of questions tied up with this one. I want to know what the score was. I want to know who the goal scorers were. And I want to know who was the Chelsea manager at the time. I think I know all three. I know no. I think. Can I have a stab at all three? Or do I have to do can, one and then give Dave a go? I think let's... I want the first answer. I'm actually going to ask these in order. I want the first answer to be what the score was. After all right. you, Dave. Does Dave get... Does, After you, mate. I got the last one right. I got the last one right, Dave, so you can have a go, Dave. Try and Dave, freak it. Dave went first last time. You can go first okay. this time. So what was the okay, score Okay, well, if this is wrong, then the scorers are probably wrong as well. I think it was 2-0. mm It wasn't? Ah, okay. No. Then I'm not going to be good on the scorers because I think I'm thinking of a different game. I don't know. Go on, Dave. Three, one. Just shout out some score lines. I think that's right. The score was 3 1. Yeah, that was going to be my next guess. <laughs> yeah. So it was in okay. 2018. It's going to swing back to Can Dave's. I go for the scorers now? Uh, you can name one scorer. Okay. I think one of them, or maybe two of them, were Deli Ali. So Deli Ali was one of the goal scorers. Okay, good. So I will definitely give you the point for that so you're at one all between the two of you i feel like my answers in this are like the it's like the occam's razor of answers <laughs> the most likely one yeah. 
hopefully the most correct. Yeah. I'm going to go for Harry Kane. Amateur. Correct. Harry Kane was a goal scorer <laughs> in that game. 2-1 to Dave. Too easy, Dave. Okay. Despite Dave's um, going first. I know. I'm, I'm losing now. I, I think I was thinking of a different game, but I'm trying to remember if he'd actually left by then, but I think Christian Eriksen. Mm-mm. Christian Eriksen did not score. Okay, I'm going to play with my Occam's razor again. I'm going to go oh, for... Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. It was, it was Son Hyun Min. <laughs> Dave is running away with this. his name, Dave. Oh, I'll go that's with it. That's the last time I try and be clever. It I'm answering Son. Kane and Son for everyone now. So, Kane, Son, 3-1 are Can I tie it if I the manager? No. So, I have got the manager in there, but you've only named three goal scorers from that game between you. So, Daggis, oh. there was a goal scorer for Chelsea. I didn't say name the Spurs goal scorers. I said name the goal scorers. What's the Occam's Razor saying? Oh, was that horrible bastard still up front? Um, who loves angry angry man. Yeah, I'm going to go for Diego Costa. It was not Diego Costa. Okay. Dave, think Chelsea. I mean, it doesn't strikers. help that I don't even remember who was playing in the Chelsea team in that. Think, think Chelsea what, Elliot? I've given something away there. I've said strikers, so it was a striker. Um, who said this was corrupt? You could also go for who the Chelsea manager was if you don't want to name the goal scorer. That might be a bit easier. Oh. I mean, I have no clue who the goal scorer was. M- Mitchy Batchway. It was not. <laughs> I love That's it. That's an outrageous that was right. suggestion. Still playing for them. Who's that walking money laundering scheme? What's his name? Morata. It was not Morata. No. Okay. There's a few of them, to be honest. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Lukaku. There's a few at Chelsea. Um, all right, Dave. Back to you. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't go for the manager instead. Can we have a free-for-all shout-out? You can go for the manager instead if you think that would make it easier. That could either bring Daggis within one or it could give Dave the win. Well, either of us can go for the manager. Yeah. I thought it was Conte. Nope. Oh, he left by then. Mm-hmm. Who was their manager? They've had about 12 managers <laughs> in the last five years. Oh, I can't even think who their next manager was after him. No, I can't actually think of a, of a manager. No. Jose? <laughs> no, he'd been and gone. Twice. Um, yeah. Oh, what the, what's his name? It wasn't your buddy. You can both give up and we can just give Dave so the was, win on this. It was between... <laughs> I mean, I, I've already accepted that he's probably going to win. Oh, I wasn't Lampard. I'm, it was not Lampard. I'm thrilled that I can't answer either of your questions about Chelsea. So I'm out. <laughs> That's my... I'm, I'm dragon-standing I'm not, I'm not it. Too I'm out. I'm out. I don't care. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take an I'll answer take, about I'll take anything. my three points. Fine. This manager has clubs in common with Antonio Conte. <sighs> They've both managed Chelsea. They've both also managed another club. And it's not Spurs. Before you're thinking who Spurs and Chelsea have had in common. Yeah. Few. Oh, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get this. Ancelotti? No. No, 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 no. That was way before. That was way before. Was it but the wrong, the wrong. keep thinking along those lines. It's, definitely, along those lines. it's definitely like... Smokes like this... an absolute chimney, this man. Oh, oh, Mauricio Sarri. Yeah. Is that his name? It's Mauricio Sarri, yeah. Yeah. Forgotten he was there. Sarri ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgotten he was there. Yeah, the myth I mean, that I, was Sarri I've gotten so many Chelsea managers. We still need the Chelsea goal scorer, don't we? Well, it's 3 2 to Dave now, so this can either be a draw or it can be a Dave. Right, give us a, give 2018. All right. You already know it's a striker. This striker has won the World Cup. Giroud. Yep. Giroud. Is that a draw? 
That is a draw. I'll take that. That was a dramatic comeback. But you drew with Dave off the back of knowing the Chelsea-related answers and Dave <laughs> yeah. knew the Spurs answers. So I should really surrender those points, shouldn't I? I really don't think you have much to be proud of. Yeah, give it back. Did, did Dave really know the Spurs answers, though? Or did he and, just say something pain and hope for the best? <laughs> Dave clearly knew the Spurs answers. You said Ericsson. He knew he was it wasn't just being, being humble, wasn't he? Okay. Well done, Dave. I'm a bigger um, Chelsea fan than you, apparently. We already knew that. Thank God. Well, (laughs) so last one, and you'll be glad to know that I have kept a little something from you for last season. It's time for Who Am I? Um, For those not familiar with the podcast, Who Am I is exactly what it says on the tin. I give out a series of clues. Last season it was Daggis. Often his clues were wrong. Mine won't be. (laughs) And uh, from those clues, you have to guess the mystery ex-Spurs player. We have had such wonderful games such as Darren Anderson coming up as an answer in pretty much every single round, even when he'd already been a previous answer in a previous week. Joe did not manage to get that right. We have also had our our good friend Clint Sidi Yaya Dempsey. So... uh, (laughs) Great guy. So I know what my first this guess week, is. the first clue that I'm going to throw out there is this player made his international debut at 19 years old. And this is going to be pure buzz around situation. No order to it. So international debut okay. was at 19 years old. <clears throat> Chris Harrison. It was not. <laughs> so probably younger, wasn't he? This player, his middle name is Simon. <laughs> That does nothing. I mean, it's probably not Son. That's about as much as that tells us. <laughs> Son, Simon, Son, Son, Simon, Son. It's a good name. Um, Any Simons you care to throw out there, It probably Dave? rules out people who had the first name Simon. It's probably not Simon, Simon Davies. <laughs> it is not Simon, <laughs> Simon, Simon Davies. That wasn't, that wasn't my guess. Do I guess encounter if mean, we don't buzz? Um, <laughs> they make them funny up in Peterborough, so it could have been Simon, Simon Davies. <laughs> Oh. No, I haven't got any guesses. No, I think we need another clue, please. As great as that clue was. Okay. This player had a career total of, reported by Wikipedia anyway, 37.4 million spent on his transfer fees. So I think, 7.4. let's say 37 to 40 million, roughly, spent on. on his transfer fees. I've just realised I need to be writing these down. I'm not used to this, being on this end of the table. <laughs> so what was the... Dave, oh, you've got an edge. million was spent on his transfer fees throughout his career. Okay. That means very little because it could have been 20 years ago. 19... Could have been one fee. It could have been five fees. Who knows? Simon. Either of you care to hazard a guess? No. No. Let's pass. You don't have to. No. Remember, every time you guess, you're also ruling someone out of the hundreds of footballers it could be. It's true. This player made his Premier League debut at the age of 18. It's a very wide pool at the moment. I mean, you know, on the basis that I don't know every player with the middle name Simon, because it's probably quite a narrow pool in reality. <laughs> um, beep. Go Ooh. on. Michael Carrick? No. <sighs> I got nervous That's a good there. guess. That is a, that is a really good guess. Um, yeah, sounds... This player has eight international caps. Okay, so he's either English or rubbish. <laughs> or both. I mean, even Carlton Palmer got an England cap. <laughs> Described it as a job of work when he was asked how he felt. We replaced David Batty with Carlton Palmer. And it's literally been downhill from there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got Batty back. We saw the error of our ways. <laughs> 
international coach. Oh, that still has helped not sure me in no way. Dave, I'm going to need more anything? clues, Elliot. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm no closer to this one. No, need another one. This player has won the FA Youth Cup. Mm-hmm. Anything? Not yet. I'll get mm. to the next clue then. This player is six foot tall. Six foot. Mm. Mm. According to Wikipedia. This is a purely Wikipedia based. Six foot feels like a very median footballer height. Because mm. <laughs> you know, I pick someone who was like six foot seven, <laughs> like Peter Simon Crouch. This is tough. <laughs> this is tough. I knew this would happen. I knew he'd overestimate us. <laughs> this this <laughs> player's only major career trophy was with Spurs. Ooh, now that's interesting. I mean, I still have no idea, but it's interesting. Buzz. Go on. Go on, Dave. Is it Jonathan Simon Woodgate? It is Jonathan Simon Woodgate. I should have seen that coming. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Well played. I should have known you for a Leeds player in there. I wanted to go with a player, especially given that without Joe to side with him. There will Joe be siding with him this season, or will it be a free-for-all? That's an interesting question. Well, bothers to show up. Well, quite. Mr. Brooker has been a huge letdown so far. Two episodes <laughs> in and he's not made an appearance. But I wanted it to be something that could link Spurs, Chelsea and Leeds. So to make it as fair as possible uh, and make it relevant to the current podcast. So other clues were going to be... He played yep. in Spain, obviously, yep. for Real Madrid with his infamous red card and a known goal debut, yep. having been injured for the first year and a bit of his career. He has managed one current Premier League side. Do you know who that side is? Bournemouth. It is Bournemouth. Hmm. He is married to an ex-teammate's sister. Any idea about John that? Terry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, that is Natalie Downing, sister of Stuart. Stuart Downing. There you go. Yeah. And back when Leeds looked like they were going to be good before they went into the Leeds, he came out with this quote. People hate Manchester United because they are so successful. People will hate us in a few years because we shall be winning everything. (laughs) Great footballer, but not the sharpest tool. He should have stopped at people hate Manchester United. I I, I mean, whatever happened with Woody at Leeds and the court case and all that is what happened. Mm. And, well, he didn't do us any favours and derailed quite a lot of the good that, that was happening at the time. But he does talk a lot of sense now. He's on Five Live quite a lot and I quite enjoy his analysis. Oh, yeah. um, he's, I he, do like he, listening he's got, to him. He's got an opinion and it's not the same old, same old. So Yeah, it's not like Chris Sutton who just says outrageous things for the sake mm. of it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he is, is also the second best defender I've ever seen in real life. I mean, he's one of the best I've seen too. The three or four games that him and Ledley actually got on the pitch together was fantastic. <laughs> so, so well, we saw what happened when they played together, didn't we? On FM. Well, Spurs won the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, that makes it an absolute tie between the two of you today because Dags took the first round, Dave took the last, and uh, obviously Dave took Who Am I? And Share the, points. the middle was a draw. So, that. um, yeah. yeah. That's, ne- uh, that's a sign so of a quiz far. done well, Elio. And I might say you did a very good job for your first challenge, Elio, of the season. So more than happy to leave it in your hands for the rest of the season, like I have a choice. 
<laughs> you don't have a choice if you want me on this podcast. <laughs> He's holding this to ransom. Podcast of power. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like Mbappe. Just slowly taking over everything behind the scenes. Well, look, well done on that. And if you enjoyed that, then you'll have a lot more of that to look forward to for the rest of the season because we are hopefully going to have one of those to end off every episode as we did more or less every time last year as well. So if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in. You know what? We could use some help. If you have any suggestions for Elio, then send them in. And as always, we'd always like to hear from you. So get in touch on Twitter at Plus Day Podcast. Email us at plusdaypodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think about the upcoming season and how you think Spurs are going to get on and just anything you want to ask us about anything Spurs related or otherwise. But guys, it's been a pleasure and I was quite happy not to have to prepare Challenge Elio for once. So, you know, it was a little bit easier to get into podcasting mode today, but good start to the season. Any closing thoughts before we wrap things up, looking ahead to that game at Stamford Bridge? Excited for the season ahead, I think. Yeah. It's always nice to start with a win, right? Absolutely. It's nice to continue with more wins, though. You know, this time last season, we were raking in the wins. So. Our first win of last season was on the 2nd of October. So, vast <laughs> improvement. Exactly. And let's hope it all continues. Let's hope we're looking at a Spurs and Leeds win again this time next week. Let's just let's just fight for the title. I think that's a solid idea. <laughs> Stop the league where it is now, you know? You're in fifth, are you? Or have you, have no, you dropped out of the Europa spots? I because because, because, of, because of Brian's seven. wonderful, wonderful performance. Yeah, you don't mind that, do you, really? Not at all. <laughs> We've started the season well. We've started baking the cake. Let's apply a bit of ganache next week against Chelsea and take it from there. There we go. <laughs> and the cake will be done after two weeks. <laughs> and then we will eat the cake, digest the cake. How are you going to make that last 36? You will hear exactly <laughs> how that cake has come out next week. We will either be enjoying that delicious cake next week or throwing it against the wall in disgust. But either way, we will be here. We will be assessing the game and we'll be looking forward to whatever is coming next. So please join us for that. And as always, thank you so much for staying tuned and sticking with us for this one. We hope you enjoyed it. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Until then, you stay classy, Spurs fans, and we will see you next week. 